0: Hello, this is Deborah Vaness in Orlando, Florida, with Thinking Agenda. We're very proud to interview Katerina Meredith, who is a survivor of a cult that she grew up in from ages ten to twenty, and she has a very powerful, impactful and riveting story to tell us. We also touched upon Artist Heart and how she is helping us with that endeavor. Thinking Agenda is an anti-cult organization based in Orlando, Florida. And we um, also are launching Artist Heart in which we're raising funds for various programs and Katarina Meredith donated a couple of items of uh, photography prints that are absolutely beautiful. We really invite you to listen. This is a very educational and intriguing topic, as well as we talk about um, the anti-cult community. Um, We touch upon Thinking Agenda. We are, it's just a beautiful natural conversation with her. It was one of the most pleasant interviews I've ever done. Please also visit her website at cult. Talk.com. That is called Talk.com. As for Thinking Agenda, you could reach us on various platforms on Facebook. We have Cults and Undo Influence Facebook page, one of the largest pages on cults. We have a Thinking Agenda page. We have a page um, devoted to our online magazine that is sold through Amazon and Kindle called Ethics in the Modern Guru, and we're working on a exciting, very exciting new issue and new look. So, let us go on to our interview with Katerina Meredith. My parents joined a new age group when I was
1: 10, and um, started in Germany, and was based on J.C. Knight's um, Ramcha. Basically, it was Ramcha made in Germany, which later on, uh, the group got sued for because they
0: Still a copyrighted spirit, so, <laughs> so that was quite interesting. So it was. So was it, or was it directly connected to J. C. Knight?
1: Um, it was not, and she sued the medium, the German medium. Oh, I didn't know that. For using, know. yeah, for using Vamper. Basically, I think the leader, Arnold Warren who was the leader of this small group, about 40 people. He had been in India. He had followed Osho Bhagwan, and he had been one of the since there. And when he came back late 80s, I want to say, to Berlin from India, he um, decided to start his own cult. And he found someone, a woman named Julie Ravel, and he convinced her that she was a medium. And that she should start channeling Rumpo so because at the time, J.C. Knight was making quite good money uh, yeah. with her books. she She was already involved. Me.
0: She was already all established from the 70s with Shirley MacLaine. Yeah. So she. I so a, so, she, so this woman was also channeling the same. Entry. okay uh, supposedly right uh,
1: yeah yeah allegedly is this, is this
0: tragic <laughs> word
1: which um which a lot of people thought was pretty neat in germany because they had read chasing book and they liked it but it wasn't english and so here was somebody channeling the same spirit in german which yeah i mean <laughs> i don't believe that that's what she was doing but she sure was making money with it
0: and my was parents she, was decided she um, was she doing the same kind of mannerisms as Jay-Z Knight oh know, absolutely
1: yes it was copied very well okay
0: that's interesting yeah. maybe I can look up some footage or something for that that's, I didn't know that that's very fascinating <laughs> right so my parents decided to go to one of the
1: workshops in Berlin and yeah just got sucked in I mean it sounded very promising it sounded Like something exciting and new, and they were at a point in their life where they felt pretty stuck in the marriage and, yeah, just a life with a family. And so my parents joined this uh, new commune. It was starting in Austria. And my brother and I, I was 10 at the time. My brother was 8. And until we left Germany, we had grown up very idyllically in Bavaria on a little farm at the end of a tiny village. Mm-hmm. Uh, with tons That's of freedom, and I had a very good sense of self i good sense of confidence um, I was like, I had many friends, teachers always told me I was very smart <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. a bit of a nerd I loved school, well, <laughs> and I had just started fifth grade and I was very excited i' picked out where I wanted to study after I was done and what I wanted to do with my life so we were taken out of all that and my, we moved within a few weeks we moved to to austria and uh, all as kids there were about 10 kids at the time we were taken from our parents put in a separate room with two adults that did not have kids and they were supposed to supervise us and our parents just all um there was a big room that they all shared and Uh, all the relationships were dissolved. So there were no more marriage partners, no more families. We were all supposed to just become one, one big happy family. That was the idea. Uh, So our parents were convinced that a village would be better to raise us than the individuals. Uh, Most of the mothers were bombarded with information and criticism until they believed that they were not cut out to be a mother. They were not good parents. And... that's how they got my mom and I think most of the other mothers is that they had such doubts about their own parenting abilities that they happily gave over their children to be raised in this group setting. Um, so that was coming in it from one side. From the other side, the guru bombarded us kids with uh, information about how we were old souls. We weren't many really children, that we didn't meet our parents. We should not address them anymore with mother, father. We should uh, not talk to them much anymore. We should separate from them and then we would ridicule our parents in front of us and it just created this whole chasm of where suddenly I mean I was ten and I had a I had always liked myself and suddenly I was told that I wasn't being good enough, I wasn't I wasn't actually me. Mm-hmm. I should let go of my old personality, everything earthly, all my relatives, my friends, my old life. It was constantly let go of your old life and let go of your feelings. Your emotions are earthly, they're tying you down. And I just remember thinking that but this is who I am. Yes. And I don't know how not to feel sad right now because I'm really, really sad. And I, do, I, I just lost my entire life and I really want to be in school right now and I want to be back with my family and I don't have that and I don't know what's happening.
0: So, it, so I was it's, told I had to, So it's, yeah. it was like a sudden change because they... It seemed like your parents were involved, and then it it seemed like all of a sudden you were addressing in a communal situation. Is that is that what it
1: seemed? It was very quick. Yes, <laughs> I mean within to me it seems like a few weeks, but it might have been two or three months in the books that my parents gave up the business, their life in Germany, and moved in with this uh, new commune in Austria. Um, and our I mean our, my grandparents and uh, friends were concerned, obviously because. This was this was a typical shift from we're happy family to we're going to go to an account. I mean, it was uh, very drastic, was and everybody drastic. was you, you're,
0: you're it. was so drastic. Your in-laws must have been just shocked,
1: you know? Like- yes, yes, it was uh, shocking. And uh, to me, in retrospect, it's shocking how quickly I adapted the ideology. Because I wasn't searching for anything. I was 10. I mean, I wanted to have a crush on boys. I wanted to read my books. I wanted to Mm -hmm. go to school and hang out with my friends. I did not aspire to any higher meaning. And yet, within a few weeks of visiting the commune and then moving there, I was absolutely certain that we were gods and we had to save this world. And that's still hard to explain to this day, even though now I know the mechanisms behind it. But so for me, I think that's why I really enjoy working with people who were born and raised in cults, but also those who joined later, because I have a clear Uh, I have clear memories of before until I was 10 a very happy childhood and and I have a lot of resilience out of that and I'm thankful to my parents for what they gave me until I was 10 and then I have the clear cut and and if you're born into that you don't have the compare and contrast versus I really had that
0: and then it's a a shock I was talking to one lady who was born in a cult and she said um, you know how much she had trouble just she didn't know how to do anything you know she she was just like you might yes. have put a, 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 an eight-year-old on their own and yet she was in her late 20s because she didn't know how to, yeah. how to do anything she didn't know how to open up a bank account she didn't know how to take public transportation she didn't know oh yeah how to do anything and um it, it was quite you know it was it was quite a shock, along with all the men. Yeah, it's a huge it's a huge culture shock, and and very frightening. And
1: I mean, you just lose uh, all connection to who you are because what you who you were in the cult is not who you want to be now. But you, I always say you cannot throw out the ideology, everything that you learned or were indoctrinated with, without creating something new, and that takes time. It does, especially, no, it's when
0: you, especially when you're so young, I, it's really yes. easy to kind of wipe out your identity. When you're older, and you, I think you're more set with your identity, it might be mm-hmm. you know, easier to kind of get back to your core. But when you're young and so impressionable, <laughs> you just get plowed over.
1: And But uh, well, your
0: core is
1: connected with the group ideology. It's, it's, it is. It, is. Yeah. So it takes time to untangle. But yeah, so we were now part of this 40 people group. And we um, I mean, just continued. First, it was your old life is bad, then your emotions are bad. And the next thing, uh, disconnect from your body, from your critical thinking, your mind. And I think a lot of that was obviously the, the, the typical manipulation used in cults. Because the more fragmented you are, the weaker you are. Someone who's whole and resting in themselves and you know, thinks they're pretty okay the way they are, Uh, there's no use to a cultic system. I mean, you have to be made believe that something's wrong with you and they can fix it. Otherwise, you're going to walk away when the abuse starts to happen, because why would you suffer? Why would you uh, have someone yell at you or go through grueling spiritual growth experience or whatever if you think you're fine? I mean the first well, Especially, week of especially if
0: you're a child, and you were only ten oh, actually I, I think it's a little harder well, when you're an adult, you know, because like you know nobody you know joins a cult willingly, you know people are deceived into it, but when you're a child you you don't know you know what what this wrong ideology or you don't know about manipulation and, and you're just you're trying to survive right. you know, so I could imagine. The, what you went well? I can't imagine really. I, I you know, um, I was fourteen when I got into a Christian cult, but I was still a lot older, and um, you know, I can't. Ten is, is is a baby. You know, I mean, I I don't even remember anything that young, barely. So, you know, it was almost yeah. like you were born into it in many ways. And you said you yeah, and your what your younger brother? He was what eight he was eight at the time okay. and
1: he's the one that uh, he was, because he was younger he didn't just want to smile and protect everything at the time. so he uh, attempted suicide twice and oh, no. we talked about it, it was a I mean, it was an eight year old's attempt thankfully he was not very well equipped to do that but it still broke my heart and our parents never found out so that's the thing, that Within a few weeks, we kept our feelings to ourselves. We didn't share them much. Mm -hmm. I could still catch on when my brother was upset, but even the other kids there, I didn't quite know what they were thinking. And the grown-ups just thought that we were fine and we were happy and this was actually good for us. And then even so, it just escalated until the point where there was the media attention, we left Austria moved to Portugal, and at that point the cult leader, Arne Wollensack, really uh, started grooming one of the girls, both two years older than me, and she was at that point 13 when she had to become his girlfriend. And he had everybody on board that this was what her soul had chosen for herself as growth, and that he was um, doing her a favor. Mm-hmm. And and then I had to follow on the same vein when I was uh, 15, but was a bit older again, with a partner that he assigned to me, and it, it took me years to to realize that not having the option to say no does not equal a yes, mm-hmm. because of the way I had been indoctrinated and groomed, I thought that. I had agreed to a sexual relationship with someone who was older than my dad when I was 15. Well, I mean, the grooming and the, the first um, kissing and touching started when I was really 11, 12. But it just, it didn't, it, it, in my mind, it didn't register. And I think I think that's what cultic groups are so good at, and, and really narcissists and psychopaths in any relationship, they're so good at at robbing you of your reality, of your sense of self and sense of reality, and you lose yourself and you lose touch with other people until you just, there are no checks and balances. So when they say something, it just, it is the absolute truth, and you don't have that in you anymore, the critical thinking of, wait, that sounds wrong, but that's going to harm me, because Mm -hmm. I didn't have the words for that anymore. I just, everything that happened to me, I had created as myself, from a soul perspective, according to the group, so i I couldn't say I don't like it. Does that
0: make sense yes i it no, it does make, it it makes perfect sense because it, it, I like the way you said like it just because you didn't say no I mean you said yes, it's just you, you just don't have that option you know you just uh, <laughs> I mean, I didn't. You just it, it's like a sho- it's, it is a, like a it is a shock. But then you know you you just get broken into the idea of it because you have no options there's no one to go to or the authorities or anything you know they and they what they say is is the truth to you, so it could be almost- it
1: absolutely is mm-hmm. and and at that point when I was fifteen, seven so well, going back comported, we moved to Belize Central America and actually they started a non-profit as a cover because 40 people would raise suspicion anywhere and so we were supposedly homeschooled i mean realistically i got a bit of math a bit of english and then started working full-time at age 13. but there just there were no nobody could have I, I couldn't have talked to anybody our relatives weren't in touch anymore i mean we got maybe the the yearly letter on christmas But all the letters were checked and proofread before they went out, before Mm I went to reply. All the phone calls, somebody was listening in. uh, There was nobody that I saw that I could have talked to. Um, We didn't go to a school, so there was no teacher to conspire to. Um, Yeah, so so it really was that cut-off system. We were in the jungle. I mean, I didn't even see our neighbors. What, was the, what
0: miles was the total membership of that group? Do you do you know? Because you said it was forty, or was there more people? About forty
1: people, yes. Um, about ten of us were teenagers
0: and kids at that point. Yeah. Okay, and um, and what? When was um? When did Jay Z night um sue um that group? I want to say it was ninety four, ninety four, okay. ninety three, ninety four, September,
1: yeah, about that. So. The group started in 92, Okay. and I think a year or two later, And, na- and
0: she already sued by 94? That was... That was oh, she funny. was quick, yeah. I mean, that's,
1: it's, it's her money-making thought, right? Yeah. So she, um, I think she then copyrighted or, or trademarked her spirit, and that was that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I think she actually, quote, she said, there is only one of us. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, you yeah. Um, yeah, should have changed it like like one letter or something and said, no, oh, it's, it's Ramsa." Is that right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they actually
1: they thought about it. I mean, oh, uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then it changed it completely just because, um, yeah,
0: no fun things um, No, no, just I know that a uh, cult is based on, you know, uh, behavior and practices, but I am a little curious um, was it still with the teachings, just, just for information uh, on the group, and what was like the typical, like did you have prayer services or did you have these, um, you know, did you just like watch somebody pretend they were Ramtha, like what, what were also the beliefs of the group?
1: Right, so the Guru was enlightened and always right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Very narcissist. But, uh, he, he um, so we couldn't doubt him, okay. and oh my god, he was so flawed. I mean, in retrospect, I, I, I just can't believe we ever fell for, for his bullshit. But, but at the time, he was very convincing and also charming. And whenever he did talk to you in a, benevolent way, I mean, the sun came out. It was just yeah, all that. Um, and since I had lost my parents, he was now the father figure. Um, But he was, I don't know what the explanation was, but somehow he was enlightened and did not have, his emotions were not in his way. I mean, realistically, he was a psychopath and couldn't feel a lot of emotions, and I think that's why he wanted to control ours. But uh, during the cult, I thought that he was... A god he was perfect and all the anger he had so much anger and all the rage and really the fascism i mean everything that he directed at us uh in our ideology was to show us a flaw within ourselves so he could be a raging lunatic and it was the member's fault i mean he made grown man peter Pan. he he assigned who could sleep with whom he broke up love relationships he he had my dad terrified that he would do something to him or me, so that my dad would never stand up against him or leave. And I mean, he just had all these people that he strung along.
0: So he was a very and, strong leader. He was very hands-on. He wasn't where mm-hmm. he was in an ivory tower and he had a whole bunch of people. No, he was all all over the place, and and he was. And that's because it's such a
1: small group. Yes, yeah. it's a very small group. So so I had the living, fire-breathing guru right on my neck. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I talk to people who grew up in a very large organization uh, like a Witness then it's a different story because you're often more removed from the center yeah. more removed from the yeah. ideology yeah. and then on top of that if you have a dead guru or dead god then it's again a little different
0: True. Um
1: it's like a god um, body or something yeah of, of yes, yes. Like but that. still I mean one of my first sessions I then talk about so if it's a dead god, I said okay. So what's the, the the psychological profile of the dead god of your group? So and that's the guru. And then look at that. Okay. <laughs> Always quite interesting to compare the living and the dead. And god you
0: said, of did you see your parents much when you were on the on the compound? I mean, you were kind of communally raised. But
1: yeah, not really. So the weird thing is that I have all the memories of my mother.
0: Uh-huh. We
1: were there for ten years and I of course I'm, I saw her I think I must have seen her more than my dad my dad would sometimes go back to Germany for, uh, for the group and I just don't have memories of her it's almost um, and I made an art piece about that it's almost like she disappeared she so, so, so I still saw her walking around obviously but the person that I had known her to be and to me because I only knew her as my mother I did not know her as a woman or a cult member obviously but I only knew her as my mother and she wasn't that anymore and I just she just I, I couldn't place her anymore That's it's almost like I dissociated when she came in the room or something. I just couldn't even I just didn't there was, I, I didn't know how to connect with her and likewise she said that my brother and I started pushing her away very quickly after joining the cult and I'm I mean in retrospect I just it was our fear because we were not allowed to show mm-hmm. how much we missed her and said we were hurting so the only thing we could do was push them away and and then she sent that and i think it was very twisted and it took us a good while afterwards to connect again so yeah i saw her briefly i mean it was communal eating and i think at some point i even shared we, we had these little a-frames these little huts and that we put in the jungle that were supposed to really be for two people but we shared them four or five of us there, were no, there was no privacy i mean that's that's another problems I often address is, mm-hmm. is that the inner refuge was gone. The outer refuge was gone, no privacy. We had shared bathrooms, shared toothbrushes. Yeah. Everybody walked around naked in the bathrooms. I mean, there was just no privacy at all, whatsoever. But then comes the inside. You didn't have an inner refuge. So, so the leader constantly demanded that we report on ourselves and our progress and on each other. And I just, I didn't have, I felt like I didn't have any, Feelings or thoughts that were mine for the longest time. When Mm -hmm. I started rebelling, once I became 16, 17, and because I started... What
0: were some of the ways that you were rebelling at that age? Uh, I kept a secret.
1: I kept a secret, and that's how most people I know leave. Uh, They fall in love. Oh, okay. And I didn't leave because of that, because the guy was also in the car and... Uh uh, So it wasn't really, and he was the only one my age, but he was the medium's boyfriend, so he was assigned to her. There was, I mean, nothing could officially happen. But at the same time, it was mutual, and there was, I mean, just, and it was a secret, something I kept. And it was the only first thing I kept from the guru, and for sure from the medium, because she already hated me. So I I did not need to tell her that. Um, But I think I was just that, that, that it was something I wasn't willing to give up. It was the first emotion I had in eight years where I went, no, I'm not sacrificing this on the altar of higher purpose and learning. I just went, fuck you, you can't take that from me.
0: (laughs) No, that's, I I really, uh, I'm getting a a lot of insight from that, how, you know, it, it, it establishes your autonomy and your individuality to keep a secret, that's quite... That's quite revealing. I've never heard anyone say that. So you're the first person I've ever interviewed that said that's what was the the key that turned the lock. You know, was that? So.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, a lot of people that I talked to, they were usually then excommunicated or shunned because they fell in love with someone who was not in the group. So um, I think it is often that you you have something you're not willing to give up. And in my case, it was a secret because I I couldn't actually leave up I, didn't, yeah, I would have happily fallen in love with, left with someone, but that wasn't an option. So I didn't know anybody.
0: You brought up a memory of mine, and I'll, um, of when you'd say secret, because one of the ways I got out of Jesus People USA, which was a Christian cult in the 70s, mm-hmm. was they had a forbidden room, a library of occult books, so they can study the devil or whatever. And I was so. <laughs> I, it was like this, this this room that was locked, and I, I um got a hold of the key, and I would go in the room and read all these occult books, and that's how I actually got into the occult after I met uh-huh. people, and it was the secret, you know, that I, 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 mm-hmm. I knew where the key was, and I'd go in like at 3 a.m., and I would start reading all these these grimoires and everything, and um, so it's funny, you triggered that, well, not, I don't want to use that expression. Well, yeah. well, <laughs> <you, laughs> uh, you know, I don't mean it that way. I'm sorry. That was an appropriate term. But, yeah, no, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, well, it was a it was a good way of re of recalling how that was a very key um aspect of me leaving them was I thought, yeah. hey yeah, I, I like the occult better than <laughs> than Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> that well, was, I've tried both,
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: so, I mean, I was, you know, I was, I think I was 17 at the time. So, it, it that's what, it was really um, insightful when you said, you know, you had a secret. So, so, nothing really culminated after, you said you fell in love, but nothing really came out of that? No, no,
1: um, it just, yeah, couldn't really. And that was, uh, but it gave me enough. Just a bit of a confidence boost and a bit of a, okay, I can't be complete loser because mm-hmm. this one guy that I like seems to like me back. Um, and I, I, I kept something, and it just got me thinking maybe he's not. All knowing. <laughs> if yeah, I can keep a secret. Can, the leader to be all knowing.
0: That's really good. I like that. I really <laughs> like that. I yeah. mean very simple. But it just started
1: this little process of like great. Hey.
0: You're think you're starting to right. stir it up.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I just started to slowly observing the leader and the medium who was also supposed to be also amazing, who was constantly jealous and Oh, she was terrible. But I just started slowly observing them and mm-hmm. thinking, "Wait a second. But it was so, so um, yeah. The 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 doubts were piling up slowly, very yeah, slowly. It was like a, maybe a it. Domino
0: effect with starting with yeah. that. And then, what would you say was but, was the thing was what led after that that. You know, because I know, I read that so, you know, left at 20, so we're still at yeah. know, 16, 17. And I, I like to say I left,
1: but the fact of the matter is that as terrible as it was, I mean, the sexual abuse at that point felt normal, and it was just there, it wasn't really, I, it didn't perceive it as abuse anymore, it just mm-hmm. become part of, you know, life, and, and this, the, the psychological abuse that terror, um, the cult leader had eased off a bit because we started having volunteers and people coming in, so he just mm-hmm. couldn't terrorizes quite in the same way. He lost his direct hold on a lot of the members. So, so and the two times, two or three times that I had wanted to leave, and invoice said in any way, I had been told that I have no education, which was true. I had no money, which was true. Nobody wanted me, and I thought that was true because none of the relatives had ever come to visit or uh, asked mm-hmm. if I wanted to stay with them. And so I, I just thought there were no other options. And then I was told that I have a really weird aura. And I was this and that in and former life. Mm-hmm. I would attract this and that if I left. It was just such a... Anyway, I, I, and the whole world would end on top of it. So I had all these fears of leaving and all this pressure. And so every time I went to the point of I want to leave, A, I was bombarded with this is why you will fail miserably and you'll be in a terrible spot. And b then the leader, and everybody backed off a bit. and They were nice for a while, so it was obvious that okay, now I can tolerate it again. So I was in a place of it sucks, but but I'm not dying anymore. I I, I feel like for age fifteen, sixteen, I was so depressed, I was dissociating, I was just mm-hmm. a terrible spot, and I I would have happily died then. But then I got a bit older, got a tiny bit of autonomy, and and so I. Didn't have the strength to leave. It wasn't bad enough. Um, but the girl, uh, well, the young woman, she was twenty-two, who had been the cult I mean, girlfriend since she was thirteen, had to be. Uh, she couldn't take. She was at the. She was an empath. She was at the. I'd rather die than stay here. She still believed most of it to be true, mm-hmm. and she felt terrible about the world and all that, but she. I mean, that's how a lot of people leave. You'd rather die. And she was at that point, and she left in um, the middle of the day. The leader who almost never left the ranch was gone for four hours. She had her backpack prepared. She contacted a local policeman um, that she knew uh, who had come to the ranch a few times, and he picked her up. Uh, she, ran, she, she ran to the next street, he picked her up. The cult leader lost his shit. I mean he just absolutely lost it and was way too lunatic and just um but also super jealous and I mean we just I just remember sitting there and thinking, you are in no way enlightened i mean there's, there's no mm-hmm. way there's no way and and because um because she's left with a police officer, they did not pursue her because they'd already gotten the guns out, we had a, quite a few guns at the ranch. They were ready to go after her and drag her back okay. and thankfully. They couldn't, or they didn't dare. And so the leader and the media both left within two days. They left the country because they were afraid of sexual abuse charges, mm-hmm. and they went back to Germany. Um, in that, in that um, time that followed, the next few weeks, it, 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 it's, it's like this deal that lifted. First, we'd seen him behave incredibly human. I mean, most of us did not believe in him at the moment anymore. And, and secondly... All of us had doubts. All of us had stored them deeply away. But we had them at some point. And we finally talked to each other. And I think that's, that's what the isolation is so perfect. You don't trust others. You don't trust yourself. You don't talk to anyone about your doubts. And I think at least most of us were able to overcome that and, and started talking. Um, a few people followed the leader. Uh, none of us young yeah, I mean, I was twenty, and the other ones were younger. None of us did. We all went. Well, we don't know what happened, but we are ready to live a life that's normal and that's not connected to this. How
0: hard? How hard was it for you to live? Uh, to what? How long did that take? Because I know it must have been terribly difficult for you. And and where did you go to 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 live a new life? Because you said your relatives didn't yeah. stay in touch or anything. You didn't have any friends Yeah, they barely the did. Cult. Yeah. I mean, um, so, for,
1: for another year, year and a half, I stayed at the ranch. We tried to make the environmental project work because nobody had any money. I mean, nobody has anything okay, so they had anything Oh, because
0: They had left, so, you were, so everybody right. was just left behind, so you were trying to, since they weren't yes. overloading everything. Um. So I got to
1: bit the rise of what would have been the next cult um so the the second and third in command well, after the and the medium started rising to the top, and mm-hmm. uh, they were ready they were starting the same stuff over. they were starting to manipulate and uh, yeah trick the other people and and trying to to lead them to where they wanted to go and use them um but they were not as good as it and thankfully. Mm -hmm. So that all fell apart. Uh, Most of the people left the ranch or got kicked out. It was pretty ugly. I had, uh, on one hand I was lucky and on the other hand probably pretty reckless, but I just married the first guy that I met. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> I, I, it's, the, it's what you're not supposed to do at all, right? I mean, whether you, it, but you no, come out I of an abusive I've relationship, done that. I, yes. I got
0: married yes. when I was 18, two weeks after my 18th birthday. It's <laughs> <that's>
1: not unusual. <laughs> so it's decision, it's not unusual. It's not, I mean, I highly recommend getting to know yourself or standing on your own two feet, yeah. figuring out who you are. I. I think because I had a very good role model until I was, then. my dad was there. He was uh, he's always been a strong feminist. He supported my mother. They were very, in a very and good relationship um, before they joined the cult. But I, I think I must have gotten some idea of what a decent person looks like. So, uh, my husband was in the peace corps at the time. He was a volunteer. I finally was allowed off the rent, so I went out for the first time. The yeah, first time out at night and. Had a drink and even went dancing. It was awesome. And I met him, and um, yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, pretty much love at first sight and we're still together, I mean, but now almost 16 years later. Oh,
0: so it's your current, <laughs> it's your <laughs> current <laughs> husband. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah, and it, it actually that's so, worked.
0: That's, yeah. that, that's kind of a romantic... <sighs> that's that's <sighs> a very
1: romantic story. It did work. It did work. Um, I, I, I am writing a, I think, four or five piece series right now on... <laughs> tips for the partner of a former member. <laughs>
0: I think that's a good idea. <laughs> because
1: really of oh, yeah. I mean, The stuff I wish he had known and the things he wished he had known. Um, yeah. I, it's just we had to learn a lot about each other ourselves. And the thing is that I didn't know who I was. I mean, on my 20s, I had... Uh, very severe PTSD at times, mm-hmm. and especially after my daughter was born, my oldest kid, I have two kids. Um, my daughter is nine, and my son is six okay. and um, I, I I had to deal with a lot of stuff and it took me five tries. I was tried to find a therapist that actually was able to help and that understood a little bit about cults <laughs> or just just totalitarian groups. Um, yeah, so I had to learn who I was within a relationship, and, uh, I mean, I can say we're both very stubborn people and very strong people that we made it through that. And I I went through my teenage years in my early thirties, which really sucks for the partner. (laughs) 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 I I feel so bad still with my husband, but I just, I never had that. Growing up, I was never allowed to say no or just, I mean, just be terrible. I just never got to test that I can be horrible to you and you still love mm-hmm. me. And I I didn't go crazy with it, but I just, I was just a bit in a foul and um, yeah, rude, uh, teenage, stalking, um, we, you, we were a very teenage fucking angry teenager in my thirties. I couldn't go We that. I was still like an emo
0: in my thirties. So. Uh, <laughs> my husband was a lot younger than me, so how I acted, which was very... Immature. Oh, it, it matched him with his chronological age. So, you know, he thought he was with um, some young person, and I wasn't. I was just, you know, incredibly weird and immature. So. But um, <laughs> I think, like I, think I was a uh, wonderful life, you know. <laughs> it's, yeah,
1: it's worth... I mean, my goodness, I... All in all, I, with uh, some really intense trauma therapy, <laughs> uh, I've, I've made it through it, and I was terrified. I was terrified of my feelings. I mean, I think all throughout my 20s, after leaving the cult, I was deathly afraid of my own feelings. Of When I talk about the inner refuge, the reason that's so important to me is because I didn't have that. I, I wasn't allowed that. Anytime I had anything beautiful or anything I built up, And art goes into that. Anything I created during the cult time, this, yeah, psychopath came with a hammer and smashed it. Oh, gosh. So so... I was not allowed to rest in myself or to have beauty that I created or anything that I made of it was in myself. And so I was terrified that anything good that happened, it would be destroyed again. I think that's especially if you grow up in a cult, that fear lingers, that anything, A, you don't deserve it. I mean, I felt for the longest time that I was in some way, guilty, um, should be ashamed, and that I didn't deserve anything good. And then, B, after I kind of worked through that, I was still terrified. So I think that's what triggered all this stuff when my daughter was born, is that I was absolutely horrified of her dying, of my new family, my new life being taken away. For of happiness. Of
0: happiness. And oh, um, yeah. And also, I like, um, it's true what you say, you're afraid it's going to be taken away. You feel like you don't deserve it. So something's going to happen to your child or to you or... Because yes. you because you don't deserve this like it's almost like you, you robbed something for yourself or 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 something for uh, yourself.
1: yes. I, I remember my therapist saying that I can be happy without taking happiness from somebody else. And I went, What? So again, mm-hmm. It's not like a there's not a limited supply of happiness on this planet. Exactly. And for me to be happy, someone else has to suffer. And it was it was this novel concept. Mm-hmm. Because in a cultic system there's never enough there's never enough attention never enough love never enough for everybody so you are i mean i just things i'm ashamed of deeply ashamed of mm-hmm. I, I, and that's i think the shameless stage right that we the things that we morally think of wrong in order to survive in that system in order to in order to get that little bit of attention. And usually we had to rat somebody else out, be horrible to somebody else, bring in other members, which is very Mm -hmm. hard. In my case, but I know a lot of people who feel extreme guilt over bringing in other people. into so it's But but we we did what we had to do to survive, but it was at the cost of someone else. And I had to relearn that, that I can be happy here, and I'm not taking it from someone. I can just, it's okay, it's okay.
0: That's one of the um, reasons that I feel that art was a very good way of expression. It may not be like the cure for you know. I'm, I'm not saying that you know whatever people need, right You know, and we all need a lot to get through these experiences. But I, art is such a, a healthy bent and a healthy way of, of autonomy and self-expression and a way of connecting. There's nothing better than. your art it connects to the soul of somebody else or somebody sees your art and they can feel what you've gone through and appreciate it and and resonated with you so um that's one of the reasons that the art for heart is a very very um, special project for us because for for one it's a very safe venue you know it no one's going to get harmed by it where <laughs> I am a little bit leery like with coaching and stuff, you know, where well but art venues or or um art therapy is, is to me is like one of the healthiest um ways to express yourself. It's wonderful. Yeah, and we, we And it's just to, a, No, go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, but it's that creating and, and your point of view it really helps with um yeah, I mean finding your own point of view how you look at the world, exactly. how you your indi- the it.
0: Your individualism, and it doesn't. Um, and eventually, we're going to go beyond the butterfly theme because the butterfly is a symbol for being a survivor, and it, it, they use it in hospitals. They use the butterfly for. Mm-hmm. It's it you know it's not original, but um, we want to go beyond it and, and feature and and welcome all artists. But we're just going by a very strong theme um, to have that solidification of. Of um, mm-hmm. unity and awareness, but um, you know, I I really appreciate it. Um, for those that don't know, you know, you um, gave us a, a beautiful photograph of um, Buddha with a a butterfly on it, which is gorgeous. We want to make um, some prints and some posters from it, and and credit you and everything, but. Um, how has art helped you? As, Because as, I know you have a Facebook page on your art. And, um,
1: uh, i I'm I, terrible with updating it, so I yeah, need
0: to um, I mean, I, <laughs> it, hasn't, it hasn't been that long since you updated it, because I think I, I think it was on it a few yeah. months ago. It was quite nice. So I think you have a couple pages on Facebook. So um, are you – and then on your website, too, you had um, – you have quite a bit of art on your website. So are you going to expand with that? Or where, where do you want to take I
1: that? think, uh, yeah, I started with painting, and I, I still love it. I do it a lot for fun, and I've done photography. I think about two or three years ago, I discovered writing, and that has been a passion. Oh. I just submitted a bunch of, uh, a collection of poems, and I think I, I, I'll publish them next year called What the Gods Took, and it, it it goes into the yeah, Celtic experience. Oh,
0: that sounds wonderful. I don't think I've ever and, seen a book of poems based on that. I mean, I could be wrong, but... I, 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 I don't know.
1: I mean, maybe I've, I've known of individual poems, and so I'm working I mean, on this little collection. I'm after 17 now. But I I think I pursue the writing a bit more. It's uh. I found that I love to, now that that I'm not afraid of my inner refuge anymore, I'm not afraid of my inside anymore, it's not always dark and gloomy and terrifying anymore, but Mm -hmm. now that I feel like I have uh, cleaned house a bit and I've kicked a lot of the cultic stuff out and I'm happy um, the PTSD is gone, the trauma is gone. I really enjoy now delving deep into the emotions and the feelings. The the exact thing I was terrified of for Mm years. So now I love going there and the depth of feeling and incorporating that into writing. But I think I do both. I still paint and uh, and I write and um you're well, you're next beautiful. Year I'm
0: They're beautiful. they're beautiful so I mean you're very it seems like you just have so much talent. Like it's just you speak publicly, you connect with people. You've been a coach and you've helped people. Now you're writing, now you're writing a book on poetry. I mean it's you haven't and any... mostly yeah. You have an incredible range Uh, of
1: talent and outreaches there for people. So that's what I do for fun. And then I'm starting my PhD next fall, 2019, uh, in psychology. And I'm already working on a workbook for former cult members and members of extremism and combining it with drawings. And so I think that's where... uh, a lot of it is going as um, workbooks, materials, writings, and a uh, new website I'm doing with Heidi U called Cult Talk mm-hmm. is also going to be, yeah, a lot focused on on the kind of things to talk to the partners of former members or a lot of writing that's um, when taking it a bit away from the academic level, even though that's what I'm studying, but then... Making it really applied and real, and how do you recover and what do you do now? I think a lot of fantastic stuff has been written on the Kazik experience, and I just want to create more around. Well, now you're out, now, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the bridge that's needed, really. Is is just that kind of um, that that kind of help? And I know um, it just seems like it's it's always it's, it's an extreme. Now there's the academic, and then there's like the survivors, and it seems like there's not a, a bridge to connect. And I think it's starting, yeah. A little bit, yeah. It is starting because you you got organizations which I feel like we're kind of a hybrid organization where we want to attract, you know, um, higher education. We want to attract critical thinking. We want to attract art therapy. And I think more organizations like mine are becoming like a hybrid kind of a bridge you know, to yeah. both worlds, but it, it's, I think I'm just, at the very beginning of it, I think in the next 10, 20 years, you're going to see a huge change in the anti <laughs> think with people like you. Absolutely. And, yeah, and it's very promising, you know, we need about, you know, a couple hundred of you. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, and I was,
1: I mean, when I got out of the group, I was 20 and I had finished fourth grade so i i just there are a lot of phenomenal books out there that that mm-hmm. did not benefit me until years later because of the way they were written yeah they were written for scholars or for someone who is um, in a clear state of mind which i was not <laughs> I, mean, I, I couldn't read anything more than 20 pages long I don't to say. so yeah. yeah i'm trying to keep that in mind before i was at when i left the cult and just the utter chaos in my mind, um, uh, and the and the PTSD and the guilt and you, you yeah, know, it was
0: chaos. You're not just gonna pick up an, an academic book and and no, no. reading it. You need a book that will that you can relate to, but will offer um, some good strategy skills and coping skills.
1: Right, because, you know? yeah, absolutely, because the very um, challenging books that I love to read now, but. The, they uh, actually made me feel stupid. Not intentionally, of course, but I just, I, you know, I just thought, well, I, I, I'm not getting it. <laughs> well,
0: I think I think you got it. So I think you got it. But well, you got to be a little mad of everybody.
1: Years and years of studying, and um, no, nah, I mean, but I, I, I want to, I want to keep it accessible, and I think that's what I've worked, uh, one of my workshops that I've done in Germany around boundaries. Because that seems to be such a common thing, especially if you grew up in it. Exactly. How do you say no? How, how are you assertive? How yeah, do you set boundaries? In, in
0: everyday situations, like, um, you know, yeah. between family members at workplaces, mm-hmm. um, you're right. Boundaries and narcissism is a huge topic. Oh, yes. Yeah. but um, right.
1: no, well, that's a lot. Yeah. But I ran that workshop. It was a three-day workshop with an art therapist. Oh, and It was wow. part of her master ma- thesis. Uh, she grew up in Jehovah's G- Witness, and so she wanted to help uh, other people who left culture groups. And um, she approached me, and so I said, Great, I'll, I'll create the workshop and we can do it together. And it was very interesting for me to see that the, because I do a lot of talk, I mm-hmm. talk, and then, yeah, and then we will. would take breaks. Oh, yeah. yeah. And she would, and, and, she, and I just took part in the exercise, I thought it was. Interesting
0: for me, and it was good. The whole, we, we did some of play and the
1: painting and... I want to try uh, to to I'm, I'm not good
0: at, at, I love art, and my family are artists. My husband's a writer, and he's a painter, and my daughter's a painter, and, um, you know, but I, I don't have that... I'm not talented where, you know, none of my stuff is, is, is ever going to make it to the butterfly shop, so I <laughs> never <laughs> yeah, never well i mean i i will i do paint and i but I, I just know like it's for me you know in my eyes only so but i always thought um was always curious about sculpting because i'm a very tactile yeah. person as i always wondered like maybe i could um make you know something like that you know and get a clay wheel or something i always was f- intrigued with that um was that aspect of it? So you never,
1: whenever. It was. It was really cool. I I really enjoy art therapy. Um, one thing that she said, uh, we had a lot of spices, so we rolled little clay balls and put them in different spices and put them into. Um, but she just said the 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 spices. I mean. The emotions. Our emotions are the spice of life. You that's just not no, no spice is bad. No emotion is bad. You just have to learn how to use them. And I think for anybody who's grown up in a culture group, that that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, I oh, they're all okay. I'm allowed to feel this, but then yeah, you have to learn how to regulate and use them. And I think art art therapy uh, yeah, can help Um
0: It's it's yeah. part to me. It's like part of the chain of healing um it, it could be the whole the whole thing for somebody especially if somebody who, who doesn't have resources or doesn't have um maybe therapy options it would be very good but i see it as part of a link in the chain so you can't go wrong with art therapy you know i mean it's it's going to give yeah. you some self it's, it's very safe and absolutely and and as because we're mainly lay lame people, lame people, we're, we're lay people in our organization. We we want to provide like a, a very safe, you know, link in that chain until we grow, and then maybe we'll get a little bit more. Um, we'll get a, uh, offer some different options. So we really, you know, believe in it, and um, you know, I love your work. I love your work. Your photography is beautiful because. Um, I'm, I'm very into photography and I could probably get into that quite a bit again but I, I don't have the time for it but photography is something I really really love so I loved your work in that I area.
1: and that again going back to the the unique point of view it taught me a lot about yeah, looking at the world and looking, oh, I love macro photography. Mm-hmm, you just yeah. look closer. Because in cults, you always have to look at the big picture, right? Yeah. The world is ending. There is no time. I mean, there is no time for pets. There is no time for art. Mm-hmm. There is no time for music. Mm-hmm. There is no time for this or that. It's, and now, going in and just sitting there for 20 minutes and taking pictures of raindrops on leaves because they're so pretty.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> and, so therapeutic. Or just even anything. You know, it's funny when you... Yeah, and, yeah, you find beauty and wonder in life again, and even yes. through the lens of your camera, and then it's it's really exciting. And your phone, the
1: lens of your phone, I mean. Yeah, they're right, <laughs> now it's so it's fun. It's a great time to be a photographer. And it it it's is. It's so easy.
0: <laughs> it is, and... and um, it is, because now if you have like a bulky camera, you're, you're looked at like, what are you, what are you stuck in the video? <laughs> Use your iPhone.
1: <laughs> Without you, that so, that you yeah, so I'm super excited to see where the project is going, and thank you so, for, so much for letting me be part of it.